section twelve of the crime of sylvestre bonheur by anatole france this librivox recording is in the public domain paris december eighth eighteen fifty nine my unpacked trunk still encumbered the hall i was seated at a table cover with all those good things which the land of france produces for the delectation of gourmets i was eating a pate le chartre which is alone sufficient to make one love one's country therese standing before me with her hands joined over her white apron was looking at me with benignity with anxiety and with pity hamilcar was rubbing himself against my legs wild with delight these words of an old poet came back to my memory happy is he who like ulysses hath made a goodly journey well i thought to myself i travel to no purpose i have come back with empty hands but like ulysses i made a goodly journey and having taken my last sip of coffee i asked therese for my hat and cane which she gave me not without dire suspicions she feared i might be going upon another journey but i reassured her by telling her to have dinner ready at six o'clock it had always been a keen pleasure for me to breathe the air in those parisian streets whose every paving slab and every stone i loved devotedly but i had an end in view and i took my way straight to the rue lafitte i was not long in finding the establishment of signor raphael polizzi it was distinguishable by a great display of old paintings which although all bearing the signature of some illustrious artist had a certain family air of resemblance that might have suggested some touching idea about the fraternity of genius had it not still more forcibly suggested the professional tricks of polizzi senior enriched by these doubtful works of art the shop was further rendered attractive by various petty curiosities poignards drinking vessels goblets figurines brass and irons and hispano-arabian wares of metallic lustre upon a portuguese armchair decorated with an escutcheon lay a copy of the hure of simon Vostre, open at the page which has an astrological figure on it and an old vitruvius placed upon a quaint chest displayed its masterly engravings of caryatids and telemones this apparent disorder which only masked cunning arrangement this factitious hazard which had placed the best objects in the most favourable light would have increased my distrust of the place but that the distrust which the mere name of police had already inspired could not have been increased by any circumstances being already infinite signor raphael who sat there as the presiding genius of all these vague and incongruous shapes impressed me as a phlegmatic young man with a sort of english character he betrayed no sign whatever of those transcendent faculties displayed by his father in the arts of mimicry and declamation i told him what i had come for he opened a cabinet and drew from it a manuscript which he placed on a table that i might examine it at my leisure never in my life did i experienced such an emotion except indeed during some few brief months of my youth months whose memories though i should live a hundred years would remain as fresh at my last hour as in the first day they came to me it was indeed the very manuscript described by the librarian of sir thomas raleigh it was indeed the manuscript of the clerk alexander which i saw which i touched the work of voragine himself had been perceptibly abridged but that made little difference to me all the inestimable 
editions of the monk of saint germain des prés were there that was the main point i tried to read the legend of saint droctovius but i could not all the lines of the page quivered before my eyes and there was a sound in my ears like the noise of a windmill in the country at night nevertheless i was able to see that the manuscript offered every evidence of indubitable authenticity the true drawings of the purification of the virgin and the coronation of proserpine were meagre in design and vulgar in violence of colouring considerably damaged in eighteen twenty four as attested by the catalogue of sir thomas they had obtained during the interval a new aspect of freshness but this miracle did not surprise me at all and besides what did i care about the two miniatures the legends and the poem of alexander those alone formed the treasure i desired my eyes devoured as much of it as they had the power to absorb i affected indifference while asking signor polizzi the price of the manuscript and while awaiting his reply i offered up a secret prayer that the price might not exceed the amount of ready money at my disposal already much diminished by the cost of my expensive voyage signor polizzi however informed me that he was not at liberty to dispose of the article inasmuch as it did not belong to him and was to be sold at auction shortly at the hotel des vents with a number of other manuscripts and several incunabula this was a severe blow to me i tried to preserve my calmness notwithstanding and replied somewhat to this effect you surprise me monsieur your father whom i talked with recently at Giagenti, told me positively that the manuscript was yours you cannot now attempt to make me discredit your father's word i did own the manuscript indeed answered signor raphael with absolute frankness but i do not own it any longer i sold that manuscript the remarkable interest of which you have not failed to perceive to an amateur whom i am forbidden to name and who for reasons which i am not at liberty to mention finds himself obliged to sell his collection i am honoured with the confidence of my customer and was commissioned by him to draw up the catalogue and manage the sale which takes place the twenty fourth of december now if you will be kind enough to give me your address i shall have the pleasure of sending you the catalogue which is already in the press you will find the legende doré described in it as number forty two i gave my address and left the shop the polite gravity of the son impressed me quite as disagreeably as the impudent buffoonery of the father i hated from the bottom of my heart the tricks of the vile hagglers it was perfectly evident that the two rascals had a secret understanding and had only devised this auction sale with the aid of a professional appraiser to force the bidding on the manuscript i wanted so much up to an outrageous figure i was completely at their mercy there is one evil in all passionate desires even the noblest namely that they leave us subject to the will of others and in so far dependent this reflection made me suffer cruelly but it did not conquer my longing to win the work of clerk alexander while i was thus meditating i heard a coachman swear and i discovered it was i whom he was swearing at only when i felt the pole of a carriage poke me in the ribs i started aside barely in time to save myself from being run over and whom did i perceive through the windows of the coop madame trepoff being taken by two beautiful horses and a coachman all wrapped up in furs like a russian boyard into the very street i had just left she did not notice me she was laughing to herself with that artless grace of expression which still preserved for her at thirty years all the charm of her early youth well well i said to myself she is laughing i suppose she must have just found another match-box and i made my way back to the pont feeling very miserable nature eternally indifferent neither hastened nor hurried the twenty-fourth day of december i went to the hotel bouillon and took my place in salle number four 
immediately below the high desk at which the auctioneer blouse and the expert policey were to sit i saw the hall gradually filled with familiar faces i shook hands with several old booksellers of the keys but that prudence which any large interest inspires in even the most self-assured caused me to keep silence in regard to the reason of my unaccustomed presence in the halls of the hotel bouillon on the other hand i questioned those gentlemen at the auction sale and I had the satisfaction of finding them all interested about matters in no wise related to my affair little by little the hall became thronged with interested or merely curious spectators and after half an hour's delay the auctioneer with his ivory hammer the clerk with his bundle of memorandum papers and the crier carrying his collection box fixed to the end of a pole all took their places on the platform in the most solemn business manner the attendants ranged themselves at the foot of the desk the presiding officer having declared the sale open a partial hush followed a commonplace series of presidia with miniatures were first sold off at mediocre prices needless to say the illuminations of these books were in perfect condition the lowness of the bids gave courage to the gathering of second-hand booksellers present who began to mingle with us and become more familiar the dealers in old brass and bric-a-brac pressed forward in their turn waiting for the doors of an adjoining room to be opened and the voice of the auctioneer was drowned by the jests of the auvergnat a magnificent codex of the guerre des juifs revived attention it was long disputed for five thousand francs five thousand cried the crier while the bric-a-brac dealers remained silent with admiration then seven or eight antiphonaries brought us back again to low prices a fat old woman in a loose gown bareheaded a dealer in second-hand goods encouraged by the size of the books and the low prices bidden had one of the antiphonaries knocked down to her for thirty francs at last the expert police announced number forty two the golden legend french manuscript unpublished two superb miniatures with a starting bid of three thousand francs three thousand three thousand bid yelled the crier three thousand dryly repeated the auctioneer there was a buzzing in my head and as through a cloud i saw a host of curious faces all turning towards the manuscript which a boy was carrying open through the audience three thousand and fifty i said i was frightened by the sound of my own voice and further confused by seeing or thinking that i saw all eyes turned on me three thousand and fifty on the right called the crier taking up my bid three thousand one hundred responded signor polizzi then began a heroic duel between the expert and myself three thousand five hundred six hundred seven hundred four thousand four thousand five hundred then by a sudden bold stroke signor polizzi raised the bid at once to six thousand six thousand francs was all the money i could dispose of it represented the possible i risked the impossible six thousand one hundred alas even the impossible did not suffice six thousand five hundred replied signor polizzi with calm i bowed my head and sat there stupefied unable to answer either yes or no to the crier who called to me six thousand five hundred by me not by you on the right there it is my bid no mistake six thousand five hundred perfectly understood declared the auctioneer six thousand five hundred perfectly clear perfectly plain any more bids the last bid is six thousand five hundred francs a solemn silence prevailed suddenly i felt as if my head had burst open it was the hammer of the officiant who with a loud blow on the platform adjudged number forty two irrevocably to signor polizzi forthwith the pen of the clerk coursing over the papier tombe registered that great fact in a single line i was absolutely prostrated and i felt the utmost need of rest and quiet nevertheless i did not leave my seat my powers of reflection slowly returned hope is tenacious i had one more hope 
it occurred to me that the new owner of the legendrerie might be some intelligent and liberal bibliophile who would allow me to examine the manuscript and perhaps even to publish the more important parts and with this idea as soon as the sale was over i approached the expert as he was leaving the platform monsieur i asked him did you buy in number forty two on your own account or on commission on commission i was instructed not to let it go at any price can you tell me the name of the purchaser monsieur i regret that i cannot serve you in that respect i have been strictly forbidden to mention the name i went home in despair End of section twelve